0: The Garden Report is brought to you by FanDuel, the exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS Media Network. It happened. Yeah. The thing we couldn't decide if we wanted to have happened.
1: Yeah, happened. and we're going we're gonna to sit here still torn about it, but excited, because <laughs> at our core, we all sat there a few days ago and said, yeah. this guy's special. We want this guy. But what are you giving up? And you gave up a lot.
0: I mean, this was always the framework, right? And so welcome into everybody here. And I I honestly, like, I haven't spoken yet since it happened. And, like, you know, first the alert crosses Celtics get Drew Holiday from from Woj. And immediately it's like, "Please please no, Rob. Please no, Rob. Please no, Rob. Please no, Rob. And then Shams reports it and doesn't include Rob's name in there either. And I was like, "Oh, there's a chance." And then two
1: minutes later, boom, Rob. It was, was never so, going to be the the house. we knew that. We knew <laughs> that. We
0: knew that. Yeah. The uh, the we knew it. The question was always, and when we came down to it on this last show, would it be Al? Would it be Rob? I know you have your opinions, Bobby. I honestly think you're you're in the minority. I think obviously Rob is more coveted. Um, there's risk involved with Rob. But I mean, again, he's younger on a great contract um, and, you know, someone you could have thought you thought might have been a building block going forward. Um, And this was the first year offseason that you had a shot at seeing what he would look like healthy. And I really wanted to see it. Um, You know, there's an interview with Forsberg this morning and he's all geeked up. He's a guy everybody loves. Like, I think I think the guys are going to be excited and bummed because I think Rob is like a a little brother there that they're losing. I think um, Tatum's going to be bummed out. I honestly like, Adam I'm loves like, him. I'm legit, like bummed, you know, they, 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 like not having Rob here really bums me out. I get all the reasons why you do this. And, you know, we kind of went over a lot of this before, um, you know, like what it's going to look like and how thin they would be if they make this move. Uh, and that's where we are. Uh, they make the move. They are super, super, super thin everywhere. Uh, and and that's that. I'm curious what people here in the chat think. Um, but yeah, I mean, where do you I,
1: want to start the Rob piece? I I mean, I don't know. I it's let's just so, say, let's go back to when the show started, 2020. You loved Rob from the day you saw him. In the <laughs> yeah,
0: bubble. I know, I know. And then
1: next year, they're not playing him a ton. The following year, he tears the meniscus after that 25-game stretch. We'll always talk about the 25 games where they went 22-3. and Best defense any of us had ever seen with the Rob Horford duo, Ime coaching, the scheme, the whole thing. It's crazy how fast all that's gone. Ime smart, Rob. It stinks. I mean, in many ways, I've had my doubts about Rob, and I like him being in this deal just because I continue to have my doubts about him, but... When he was right, when he was on, he really was maybe the most exciting player I've ever seen in a Celtics uniform. The stuff he could do, protecting the rim, in the pick and roll, it was special. And the problem with it was you just never knew. 35 games last year didn't quite look the same for much of it. And you were on that, John, for much of the year, just how unathletic he looked at times, at least compared to the year before. Ends up on the bench. In all probability, would have ended up on the bench this year, I think, you know, trying to figure out that double big combination there. So you had to do it.
0: AG1, I love it. I love it.
2: Good afternoon,
0: fellas. The Celtics breaking news before Sherrod can even have his AG1.
2: I know. I know. I'm literally in the middle of of using my froffer to make it perfect. (laughs) And I'm like, hey. Malcolm. Bye-bye, Malcolm. Hello, Drew.
0: (laughs) So let's, uh, uh, Bobby, not to interrupt just because we're bringing Sherrod in here. And I think it's, it's worth pointing out Sherrod among uh, Sherrod and Jimmy were definitive. Uh, They do this deal with Rob. I emotionally couldn't really answer that question though. I think at the end of the day, you still take the swing because you have to look at what Rob actually is, instead of what you want Rob to be and what you hope Rob will be. And the reality is, somebody whose days are probably numbered and whose uh, knee is—you know—the Patriots joked about. There was a report about Juju Smith-Schuster's knee about to explode. Like Rob's, Rob's knees are about to explode. Like he's—he's he's a legit—he's a legit ticking time bomb. Uh, but the—it's true. The highs are so high; it makes sense. This is an incredibly aggressive. All in move by Brad Sherrod.
2: I'm I, listen. See, this Brad, is the opposite
0: of Danny. Danny wouldn't let stuff go. Brad's like, take everything. I want as many stars. Trade as the possible picks, and, baby, and ev- trade the picks and everybody else and young players. And I don't care. I want the guys I want, and he got them.
2: We we always talk about coaches and players and GMs who are in win now mode brad doesn't talk about it he is about it this is a win now mode. there is nothing about this deal that looks beyond this season that is why you're doing maybe two you know he
0: opts in and then you can figure it out yeah
2: right exactly and the thing about it is if you're adding and this it makes a lot of sense if you start to think about it if you're adding impact players that can help you win now if for some reason they don't work out What do you do? You move them. Malcolm Brogdon, they brought him in here to help them win a championship. Clearly that didn't pan out. So what are they going to do? They're moving him on to some other guys who they think, or another guy who they think can help them get a chip. And when you look at the way the East is starting to shape up now, if we're being honest and real about it, everyone other than Boston and Milwaukee is playing for a participation trophy because they're the two, they're the only two teams that you can look at right now. You're going to count out Miami again? Yes, I'm going to count out Miami again. I'm scared. Yes, I'm too scared I am. to do it. Miami <laughs> I Miami's just I has am sad.
0: they they not only did they not add the superstar player, they lost important they lost players. players. They're losing guys, they're losing strength. So that's what you got to be most excited like, about. They, yeah. Their bit players that were killing you are going away. Like they're really exactly. Miami's in trouble. We say this all every year and count them out and there's probably no athlete in sports I admire and respect more than Jimmy Butler honestly. So like his will alone, sure. They're always going to be annoying. But, man, did you separate yourself from a talent perspective. Amazingly, look back. We, If we were to find a show, this is where it's very interesting. If we were to find a show from a couple of years ago when the Celtics were kind of languishing a little bit, and you just looked overall, pre-Derek White trade, just around the room at the overall talent on this team, and you're like, man, they have to level up. The problem here is the drop from Tatum and Brown to everybody else is big right? There's nobody you can even pretend is a number three, right? And that carried almost even into last year, even though you had more talented players. But look at you, look at what you've leveled up in terms of the ceiling and the caliber of players you've brought in. Derek White and what he turned into last year, Chris Tapp's Porzingis, and now Drew Holiday. Like, Porzingis is your fourth best player. Like, maybe fifth.
2: That's ridiculous.
0: Por- Porzingis is your fifth best player, probably, all around. That's insane. So, again, we're going to talk about depth and this and that. Absolutely. But now it comes down to roster construction. Do you have enough role players to play the roles you need them to play? Whatever you get out of Hauser, shoot. Whatever We got to stop lamenting what Hauser can't do and what Brissette can't do and what these guys can't do. And just recognize everyone else has a very specific job. Scoring and a whole bunch of other stuff is absolutely taken care of here. Mm-hmm. You have stars everywhere. I mean, it's an amazing amount of talent here. You have Can defense
1: go- everywhere too again, which is great. Yeah. Your your defense has done a
2: 180 from like 48 hours ago. Twenty four yeah, hours. Like ago your, to where it's at now.
1: Yeah.
0: So, so that's wanna, the biggest reason you I wanna love lament this, Rob and you wanna and you wanna and you wanna uh you know bemoan, you know, the, the the overall package, what you gave. I mean the picks don't matter. They don't for stars, they do for like small upgrades. Because you do have to refresh and replenish along the way, but they don't matter for stars because chances are you're just not.
1: That's not going to be. And one of these picks isn't yours. It's the Warriors. Yeah, it was Golden
0: State's anyway. So you basically gave over, gave away the twenty nine here. You know, the the twenty nine pick.
1: And now that this, and I, I was just going to get to this. Obviously, I wasn't a huge fan of the Smart Porzingis deal, but connecting it with this, everything makes a lot more sense, doesn't it? And I think you said it, John. For all the people who said you lost a ton in Smart in the room and at the point of attack defensively and uh, the energy and grit, there was really no better player to replace Smart with than Drew Holiday. In fact, as you've said, it's an upgrade here, so... That makes everything on this front make a lot more sense. You cashed in the pick you got back for Smart, uh, in from the Warriors, so it's hard not to like this just because of but it how hurts. good the player is here in Holiday. And I, yeah, I know a lot of people love Rob, so it hurts gonna, for a minute, yeah, but I people mean, will like it in time.
2: Yeah, there, are going to be there are going to be games without question that you are going to see. Damn, Rob would have helped us win this game. But I'm pretty confident that there are going to be more nights where you're going to be like, wow, Drew really stepped up in the third quarter to limit so-and-so to two for six shooting. Or, you know, uh, Porzingis really came through with big shots in the fourth quarter. Or Tatum, you know, was five for 17, but they still won by 17 because Drew Holiday had 30 points. This deal gives them a much greater cushion for their best players to not be at their best, and you still win. And ultimately, you're going to need your role players, your non-Tatum, your non-Brown guys to step up. And now they've got bigger, better, batter players that can make that happen on a consistent basis. And it, it positions you to do exactly what this season is going to be all about. And that's winning a championship. And I think something
0: lost in all – not lost, but – we, something we haven't talked about yet we've talked about the defense we've talked about scoring we've talked about leveling up talent wise i this is this to me is the big cherry on top is just a better decision maker than what they've had with the other three guys before them okay hmm. I, it's a it's a person who's I'm more comfortable with the ball in his hands than anybody who we've had running point who are really not true point guards i I, I, I have much more you gotta go back
2: to Rondo yeah the last I have time I much, much more Bond. confidence
0: in Jerusalem' Uh, ball handling now and i said this bobby i we would have realized very quickly that what Derek white wasn't which is a shame because we would lose sight of what he is but i he's not you would end up with a lot of point tatum and a lot of stuff you didn't want and the ball in those guys and i don't like that offense i don't like that team sure the offense will throw flow through tatum from time to time and it spells but you would have had a running through Tatum a lot this year and I think that kills you for the type of team that you want to be pace and space you know really get it going get good shots play fast play aggressive move the ball move without the ball I just don't think you get that here now you're freeing these guys up to just be themselves and you've just added another guy who for I mean he's a 40 percent three-point shooter the last three four years in the NBA you've just got I mean, you've got people who can shoot it everywhere, finally, you know, and so when they defer off of those, you have two things. You've got both the playmaking and there's no more slacking off of a smart trying to coax Tatum and Brown into swinging it back to the point guard and letting him jack a 31 percent three. Now you've got a guy who can actually knock him down. It changes how defenses are going to play these guys because you just can't. It's just going to be really, really, really challenging. You can't force the ball into the hands of Rob. When when you're playing Rob on the floor, smart on the floor, at the same time, there's just not enough
1: shooting out there. There just wasn't. I was always worried about how Porzingis and Rob were going to fit together offensively. It was going to be weird. You could have imagined Rob standing around doing nothing and clogging up the lane, especially when you want Porzingis involved in those actions. Now, this does put the spotlight back on Porzingis. You're out there alone. They're probably going to start Drew and White, right? That's what I'd have to imagine they're going to do here. I don't think they're going to send White back to the bench. So he's the only big out there. And he's not. he doesn't have the strongest core. Guys can get definitely get into him at times, you know, some of the bigger centers, and he'll be guarding those guys again. So this does put a lot on him at that position there. He brings a lot of length to the table. I'm sure they'll scheme it up in different ways to help him out. But Tatum's back at the four. Brown sign over the three again. You're back to small ball to some degree. Fortunately, Holiday's so versatile at that uh, point guard spot that he can guard so many different positions, and you probably can get back to a lot more switching.
2: But you know what, Bobby? It puts a little bit more, I think, of a focus on Joe Mazzula. Yeah. Because now you've got the type of pieces that have experience. They have uh, – you know, they've they played together a little bit. They have – you've got a guy with championship medal in the mix –
1: your Another job
2: point. is to put in the best position to be successful. To your point, Bobby, they are going to have to play a little bit differently because they don't have that type of, of physicality that you obviously would want in the middle. But you know what? That's where your coach earns his check. That's This is, this is where we're going to find out whether Joe Mazzulla is making the kind of growth that you need to make to be a championship caliber coach, or are you just a really good coach who can kind of manage the shop and get, you know, make, profits and, and make wins and things like that but maybe not get him over the hump i'm excited about the opportunities that joe Mazzulla is going to have because he has a pretty much everything you could possibly want and remember we're not even talking about al horford who again we don't expect al to play 70 games but al is going to i think help cushion a little bit of that that lack keeping of al was I important
1: really, it really was i think
2: Having Al go back, I think, a little bit to the pre three point shooting out and be a little bit more on the block now, I think this might be the year to kind of cut back on the threes and have him play a little bit more closer to the to the to the uh to the rim. Cause they need it. They're gonna need that.
1: Yeah. And I wouldn't mind still seeing him play the four staggering in a little bit if Porzingis can push the thirty five minutes just a night. You can't like resist that. the double big, can you? in rotation you know. in rotation I wouldn't you, you I wouldn't start those I wouldn't can't. start those two you together but you do still have cornette behind these two if you do want to do it on a certain night if the other team's bigger there might be some matchups where that still works so I thought we go oh, oh, at least
2: 20 minutes without mentioning Luke 15
1: minutes it, in cornette
2: <laughs> I thought 20 the, the, yeah the I thought the line was survived
1: 20. I wasn't ready to give up cornette John Tim's here for you cornet yeah. survives pritchard survives hauser survives you're high on hauser too now stepping up into a bigger role john
0: i'm not high on it i just i've i always i have the same philosophy and it's driven me nuts forever like it's, it's everybody can't be everything if they were they'd all make 45 million dollars like it doesn't work that way like nobody has guys who can shoot and dribble and defend and all of that they don't those guys get paid max deals the other guys just play roles like they do the best they can you know with a person like hauser he's just got to be there to shoot and if you have a lineup where there's space and you put him out there with other guys that you have to account for he's just going to be taking wide open threes all day which mm-hmm. is what you want and if they have to yeah. extend out to hauser it's just going to free up driving lanes for your other players so again you put him out there to do one thing and then you let him do it and that's it and you would live with whatever else happens you live with Pritchard you live with you live with flaws everyone can't be a perfect player but in crunch time when you need it and when you've got it oh and first of all look around the east right now depth isn't really a thing anybody is prize valuing now so there's a lot of teams that are going to be uh, you know putting guys out there in their seven eight nine ten role that aren't necessarily going to. Threaten you anyway. So it doesn't yeah, matter especially as much. on
1: that Milwaukee side.
0: Yeah, exactly. So, like, I mean, if you're looking at it as a two horse race, Milwaukee's got some real depth issues as well, too.
1: Well, let's go back to that Horford point, too, when it comes to depth, because you have to think he'll be the backup center. Gerard wants to see him playing more center style again in that role. Yes. I love his ability defensively at that position. Offensively, I, I do think the usage last year was probably due in part to his decline around the rim and we'll see if he can regain some of that I think he'll be 38 this year Uh, the miles are just massive but again I wanted I wanted him being part of this team you can only rip out so much leadership you can only rip out so much of what they were before and he's still a big part of that plus he's still the best option to defend the Embiid's and Giannis of the world when it comes time for that but do you need a little more center depth now did you lose a little too much at the five with Rob being gone here?
2: I think it depends on how you use Al. I mean, I think Al can really take a lot of the, of those big man minutes and, and call them his own because here's the thing. You don't necessarily need Al in terms of spacing the floor if you've got Perzingis and you've got Tatum and you've got Drew and you've got Brown and you got Hauser. I mean – why do you, do you really need your center to be able to shoot 30 35% from three-point range? No. You need Al, I think, to provide a presence around the block more so that that can open things up for your shooters. Force defenses to actually react to him now uh, and go back to doing the things that made you a five-time all-star. Al was a really good scorer around the rim. Uh, and while he can't do that at the same level he did 8, 9, 10 years ago, he still can be a presence for you down on the block. Uh, I, I just think that at this point, if you're Joe Missoula and you're looking around at all the not, ne- nice, shiny toys you got to play with, some of those toys you got to put in a different box than you had them in pre- previously. And Al, to me, I think is one of those those pieces. He needs to be on the block more this year. He, he absolutely needs to be on the block more. I, yeah, I high just-
0: post too. I don't disagree, sure. Absolutely. You don't you don't want to just camp them out of the three-point line and leave it there, but also you have that flexibility if that's what ends up happening and you have a guy exactly. who can step out there and shoot it. Um and again, we have to we, you have to take into consideration like everyone's going to say, "Hey guys, well, you know, Brogdon and Al were like, you know, number 2 and number 3 in the league in three-point shooting last year. Yes, what does that mean for this year? Uh, regression to the
1: mean." Like uh, no. I was worried about Brogdon going in this year. I really was. I
0: really was. I was worried Brogdon might be like.
1: Checked
0: out. No, it's not checked out 56, like 70% of what you got last year, you know, whether it was a health thing or whether whatever. But the shooting, I don't think was sustainable. I don't think that that's his level, 45% from three. I mean, that's. It's like the one year Al did that. And everyone's like, whoa. You know, like, I I think the. By the way, there's a
1: different. There's a different. Different tenor to Brad saying, yeah, Brighton's really healthy. He's ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah. There really I mean, is. look. Ready
2: to go to another team. Yeah. He, he didn't give you the, the last end of that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. The whole thing is pretty funny, actually. Uh, <laughs> it really is. But, you know, uh, you might have seen, I just want to put it out. It's pinned in the It's pinned in the chat as well. Uh, Media Day is tomorrow. Uh, and we will be live there uh, at Celtics Media Day and we'll Hopefully be pumping out,
1: there.
0: We'll be pumping out press conferences early. I'm curious if uh, holiday is there or not, but I doubt it. But um, if you guys want to watch, the reaction is gonna be amazing here because I mean this is fresh, fresh news, not only the addition. it's our first chance to talk to these guys about literally everything and it's gonna be, I'm sure some sadness about Rob, some excitement over over holiday. Um, But it's the first time we're getting a a chance to to talk to these guys. So if you want to take it in with us, um, click on the link here. Subscribe. Um, We've already kind of set it up. Uh, Turn on your notifications. You'll be uh, notified. We're just going to roll that thing all day long and just be pumping out those press conferences. Bob, you'll be down there. I'll be down there. Uh, Josue, Sherrod, I'm not sure if uh, teaching allows you to break free and pop down for a little bit but we'll be hanging out we'll be reporting on it throughout the day um so you definitely want to keep it to clns media for all of the latest and greatest a uh, couple other things i want to tell you guys before we continue on because there is a ton uh to
1: talk about i got one uh, more thing on the side. Uh, hold
3: on but... no nope, we're gonna do this first snap into action this nfl season with fanduel america's number one sports book right now new customers Get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash Boston and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. 21 plus at present in Massachusetts. Hope is here. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling helpline ma.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24/7 support. Play it smart from the start. Gamesensema.com or call one eight hundred g-a-m-1-2-3-4
0: and if you're not really sure what you're supposed to be doing while you're betting check out odds are go to odds slash celtics download the app get a 30-day free trial what's odds are they use intelligent and anal- analysis analytics ai lots of different tools to tell you how to bet smarter they're not a smart uh, they're not a sports book uh, but they're going to tell you what you need to do to just Bet smarter, uh, and trust me, it's some really, really, really good and sound advice and stuff that you can't find everywhere. So check out oddsr.com/celtics uh, 30-day free trial, and again, pairs really well with uh, Fanduel if you do sign up, or um, you know, or you already have an account. Check out oddsr as well. Uh, Bobby, go ahead.
1: So everyone's going to be ex- worried about the center depth right now. What they're losing now. Porzingis is injury-proneness, of course. In the whole dynamic of what they were doing before, giving up Smart, adding Porzingis, having the two big men behind him, you still needed Porzingis to be healthy and to do everything that you imagined he was going to do for this whole thing to work here. So you're really not in all that different of a place, I don't think, in terms of the health and availability and depth at the position. You said it the other day, John, how many teams have three starting-level centers? Not many. So you have two, and... That's good enough. Two, that's, l- look, that's... At, look at
0: what you've got. You've got two top five, the top seven wing players. You have two outstanding point guard types, and you have two very, very, very good bigs. That's your team. That's your depth. That's all you've got. But you're strong at every position. You just don't have a lot behind. You don't need a
1: third third string big man if you're in healthy. You're deep
0: depth. And so if you're healthy, less so. And then you get by with you just have to live with 10 to 12 cornet minutes. Fifth, twelve, tw- tw- you know, twelve to fourteen Hauser minutes, ten to twelve Pritchard minutes, and that's it. That's your team. That's nine players. That's how it works. That's what you play. That's it. Yeah. And so, so that, you just got to live with that, and and whoever steps up, whether it's Brissett or, Brissette. Uh, you know, right, exactly.
1: And if Porzingis gets hurt, game. you're screwed anyway.
0: I mean, that's look, how it was any team be.
1: loses a key
0: player, they're they're, they're if, you're very screwed. if not screwed, yeah. they're they've got a lot of work to do there, you know, yeah. to uh to get it going. So. Um, you know, and and I don't know if you think anybody else steps up. I know they're bullish on Walsh. I don't know if he can make real strides this year. Um, but the, you know, and O'Shea obviously is another one that you're talking about. Who's the other guy? I'm forgetting the defensive uh, Lamar guy. Lamar
1: Stevens came in. Stevens. Lamar Stevens.
0: Lamar Stevens. You think is going to get some minutes as well because he can defend? I
1: love
0: you that know? pickup. And he yeah. played.
1: Play- I felt better
2: about Lamar's minutes before Drew came on the scene. Put it that way. Yeah, that's true. But.
0: But here's the thing is that's a person who played legit minutes on a on a on a contending team on a on a solid team last year. Um, yeah, so that's right. not a throwaway. That's someone you can trust to play minutes and and fill a role. So if the role players fill their roles, the, the, ta- the talent level is off the charts of, for this team right now. And just again, think back where they were. Right
1: wonder if this pulls Blake back into the mix too. They have an open roster spot now. So maybe he ends up saying, all right, this team, this team's much closer than it looked a couple of days ago. I'm going to jump back on the bandwagon here.
2: Well, maybe we'll see Blake at some point past training. Yeah.
1: Again. Yeah, that's true.
2: Which, if I were Blake, that's that would be my play. If there was a team that I felt that yeah, I want to play with them, but let me just let this training camp stuff get out of the way and then I will join forces.
1: And he could potentially play some minutes on this team. Uh so yeah. we'll debate the starting lineup going forward. The one thing I do worry about though at that center spot what they were doing with the double bigs this year boded better for Porzingis to stand near the rim and just defend the rim, which fit his mobility issues well I do worry a little bit about him being at center alone if they're playing a Milwaukee where Dame's going to be stepping around the screen and firing up 11 threes a game and he has to get out uh, to the perimeter to guard those they're going to have to get a little creative back to your point Sherrod the coaching here in terms of how they handle those pieces on the roster right now to make it work with Porzingis at center here because he did play with the center last year I believe he played with the center in Dallas too off the top of my head I can't really remember and, of course, he did going back to the Knicks. So he hasn't been alone at center a lot throughout his career. Uh, he's always had a guy who can step out and guard the perimeter a little bit better next to him. So that does leave you a little bit exposed here too. But, again, could you have relied on Rob this year? That's what I keep going back to. It, like uh, it, it was always going to be a to risk. Me. You wanted to, but you didn't know. Can he start? Can he stay healthy? Can he fit next to Porzingis? We had a million questions about that. Yeah, I don't think Perzingis is is a very good defender. He
2: doesn't totally suck, but he's not – very good. But he's seven foot three and he's playing away from the basket offense. So on those pick and rolls, he's not going to defend those shots well other than use his length. And that's the thing I, I really want Joe to just kind of get him to understand that you don't have to lock kids up defensively. Use that seven, four, four seven, five wingspan of yours to contest shots. Yeah. That's literally what they need you to do. Be a shot contester. You don't have to be a great shot blocker. You don't have to lock guys in and and, and have them moving to where they don't want to go. Just test shots better that's all you really have to do at that position for him
1: yeah it does become a challenge against the great three-point shooters though and it has for him in the past I yeah. remember yeah. I think it was in the bubble he's just kind of sitting there watching Dame fire up threes with the Blazers as he made three after three after three so there's you know, still but, some questions but,
2: but Dame does everybody let's be real yeah he, he, and you have is not like you know a mark in that regard that's what you know, and you have that's two we'll, that was that game, game,
1: yeah. And you have two of the best defensive guards here in the league to navigate those screens and fight through them. And yeah, we got...
0: you have first team and second team, all defensive guards on this team. You yeah. have two...
2: is there a better defensive backcourt? You have two wins who, when the they want
0: to, are capable of true. playing all defensive level defense. I Brown, I'm not so sure about honestly, but like they're athletic enough to be able to play defense. You've got Al who can guard multiple positions and obviously is good against those bigger bodies. So, again, the burden on. A guy like Porzingis, he doesn't have to be, uh, it, it lessens the burden on him to be the guy who, you know, swats away everything in the big rim deterrent when it's just, you've got so much pressure on the ball at the perimeter uh, and so many people swarming all over the place. It's going to cha- it's just, it's just going to be challenging uh, yeah. to, to score. It still fits team.
1: the system well because those guys can funnel the opposing guards into the mid range. Let you me know, ask you this. Porzingis.
0: I do believe though Sherrod and Jimmy were gung-ho and Bobby and I were a little on the fence as much as it was for me, an emotional attachment to Rob. I also think that it's possible. The team you had was already a title contender. And now this team is also a title contender, but is it that much more of one? So what do you guys think? Do you, is this team significantly better than they were an hour ago? Yes. You think so? Yes. there,
2: it- I think so, because when you look at winning a championship, John, and we both know this, it's not so much about what your team can do, but what can your team do to the others who are contending? How do you match up against others? And you look at the Eastern Conference, you know, Milwaukee made a major push to get Dame, and that positioned them to be at the table of last team standing. And Boston has countered that chess move with – Literally, the guy that you got rid of to bring in Dave, essentially. Uh and, and that is in the context of all the other pieces that you already had in place if you're the Celtics. So, yeah, I mean, they, they were a title contender before the, the, the move. And they're, I think, an even stronger one now because they've addressed what I think most people thought might be their potential downfall. And that is a lethal pick and roll tandem with Giannis who can pretty much get anything and everything he wants going to the basket and Dame who can do similar and he can get everything he wants beyond a three-point arc now you've got a guy in Drew Holiday who can kind of muck that up a little bit uh for Milwaukee it's not as clean and smooth a process for them to uh to do some of the things that they want to do because Boston now has as close to an equalizer as you could potentially have and by no means please don't confuse that with saying Drew and Dame are the same. Dame is a better player. But Drew, in the context of the players that he's going to be with now in Boston, they can do some things to make life for Dame way harder than it would have been if Boston did not make this deal.
0: Yeah, I'm not going to lie. Like, Part of me was, um, you know, like when when Milwaukee made the trade, I was like, good. Um, uh, But uh, like, I guess they're better. But I didn't think they were that much better.
1: Don't um, you think they could have predicted too that he'd end up in Boston? That's what surprises they had to think me. I think it
0: was possible. I do wonder if you told Milwaukee ahead of time you can do this, but Holiday's gonna end up a Celtic, would they be like, Ooh,
2: I don't know.
1: Yeah, did they think the Heat were gonna strike or something? Or yes. Warriors? I,
2: I I think I think Milwaukee gambled on the fact that we'll get Dame and Drew will go out to Portland and then Philadelphia or Miami will add him and they know we're still will be better than Philadelphia and Miami. And so I, I, I think they took a calculated gamble that he would not end up in Boston. And I think part of that was because they're basing it on how the Celtics have done in the past. Uh, they basically, they they're having the Danny age flashbacks, uh, because Danny age, I don't think would have done this deal. I don't think
1: Danny would have done this deal. Man. Um, Danny but, wouldn't have done a lot of deals they've done in recent years.
2: Right. But, what Romeo would still I, I, I be here. <laughs> All right, Bobby. No, there will be no Romeo slander on this on this this episode. <laughs> there will not be any of that. No, I I, I just think that Brad has, has established himself as his own man in terms of being a GM. And part of that identity is rolling the dice on players like this. And it's not even that big a roll of the dice on the player as much as it is on the assets that you're parting with. Uh something that Danny, I thought, had trouble letting go of because I I, I do think that Danny got very attached to his players that he draft. And sometimes that that attachment would almost pa- make him pause before doing
1: what so you, most other GMs in that position would have done. You mentioned the assets going out. You're also sacrificing something in the future, I think. And we talked about yep. this a little last episode. This is a guy in a one year deal, effectively mm-hmm. thirty seven million. Mm-hmm. If he gets the full one forty percent increase that he's due in the next he's contract, he could start at fifty million next not
2: contract get that. Not happening. Not
1: happening. so hopefully you have something worked out here or you well, at least have is, an idea I mean... of what he could make and they've worked with his agent before shalen brown's agent as well as uh, smarts and horford so they have a good relationship with the agent here but i don't think he's going to give them a huge discount either just because of that
2: well I don't think he's going to give him a huge discount unless Drew makes it clear that, look, this is where I want to be. Mm -hmm. Uh, If they win a championship this year, that changes everything. in a good way for the Celtics, because if you are part of a championship team, uh, you're more likely and willing to leave a little bit of money on the table to keep the band together, so to Mm -hmm. speak. And if it's Drew Holiday, you've won two championships with two different teams and the team that you're on now, you're not counted on to be the, best player or the second best player not even a third best player and if that if that's the case you can transition gracefully uh into just being a role player making good money uh and and and, you know again as you pointed out Bobby the fact that there is agent also represents Jalen and all those other guys he understands the economics of the Celtics better than any Agent out there, so he knows what his guys
0: value. He just would dropped be. the
1: bomb on it with the Brown contract. <laughs> I wonder
0: if we. Do, I wonder if the Celtics do the Harden with him. You know, like you know, the go wink, year wink. to year. Opt in and there's something waiting for you. There's pot of gold at the end of the rainbow, but I'm you know he does have uh,
1: an opt in, yeah, for probably what close to forty million. So yeah, I wonder the how that goes. Uh, other
0: other sponsor of ours, and again, if you're too busy and you're on the go uh, and there's a lot going on, there's a lot going on for us tomorrow as well with Celtics Media Day. Factor Meals is the answer for you. It's America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit. Uh, you have a ton of different selections and options, and it's fresh, delivered to your door. It takes two minutes to heat it and eat it, and you are good to go. So, again, super busy in the fall. With uh, back-to-school kids, you know, work heating up and all of that stuff. Factor Meals is the answer for you. Check it out at factormeals.com slash newsfeed50. Use the code newsfeed50 for 50% off. Once again, factormeals.com slash newsfeed50. Use the code newsfeed50 for 50% off. And support either of those sponsors right there. Give us a receipt for it. Kaboom. Boom. Garden Report T-shirt. Fresh for you to start the season right. Go check it out. Uh, Garden Report t-shirt. Um guys rolling on here. Uh, other thoughts that you're kind of collecting here as this thing went down and I was certain. I honestly felt it in my bones this was happening today. Um I said it on our last Garden Report. Malcolm Brogden won't even show It won't even be there at media day. I thought this was I thought there was very likely this was going to Brogdon
1: happen. hasn't been there the whole way. Yeah, so you have I to think they've been think, working on something there. I think they told Brogdon, "We're going to
0: find a way to move you one way or the other." So just Hand so that's
1: interesting. Yeah. I wonder if he actually wanted to go to LA in that deal. And then he ended up back and it's like, Oh, and then, you know, they're like, all right, we'll find something. We'll find something. We'll find something. And he had been sitting with the Celtics for months and months and months. Uh, again, he sacrificed coming off the bench last year. He's a guy who's up for a contract. He's a guy who, you know, got hurt at the end there and really couldn't impact them. So I wonder if he just wanted a fresh start somewhere else. We'll see. Obviously, once he lands wherever he lands now, probably the Clippers are Heat or something like that. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. And 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 you know, Malcolm, you, you, part of you feels bad because he wasn't able to to what I call seal the deal. Yeah, uh, and that is be able to be who he is when it matters most, which is the playoffs. And so that you feel bad about that, but you know, Malcolm's a pro. Uh, he's going to bounce back. He'll be in a better situation than he would have been in Boston. Uh, I don't think that he uh I don't think there's any animosity per se in, in his time in Boston because really up until the fact that they were looking to move his ass everything seemed to be okay uh and having been a pro as long as he has he knows it's just is just business uh, so I think he'll be fine um, but it will be interesting to see where he winds up ultimately wouldn't be I mean would anyone be shocked if he wound up in somewhere like Miami uh, which would be kind of crazy I to bet think about, on that. but they they need to do something to significantly upgrade their roster, considering the losses that they have taken in terms of guys going elsewhere, and the fact that you know the, the big names that were out there this summer, uh, they completely you know struck out on altogether. So it'll be interesting to see where he winds up because all signs will, you would think would say LA, but would any of us be surprised if he's in Philadelphia or Miami? Yeah, I wouldn't. The uh, no, uh, I yeah.
0: wouldn't. I wouldn't there. And again, I think you know. I think the writings was on the wall there. I think they were finding a way to move him either prior to camp for something else um, sure. or he was a certain deadline deal. I just I really didn't feel like Brogdon was a part of their plans uh, this year. It's interesting because like you wonder if Brad misread the market when he made that move. But at the end of the day, it gave you the salary necessary to be able to level up and get what you got here. I'd feel a ton better about this team if Grant Williams was still here right now for all the heat I've given Grant. That would, actually kind of be, that would kind of be that last piece you would need to, like, feel good about the back end of your rotation a little
1: bit. Uh, By the way, uh, you see him in Dallas already staking his claim on Boy, leadership. is that going to get
0: tired <laughs> fast. When, when, when they come out of the gate two and seven, no one's going to want to hear a freaking word from Grant Williams. Trust me. Trust me.
1: We in the huddle on
2: day one. Oh, man. Love it. I love it. I love it. I'm going to miss Grant. I am going to miss Grant. Well, they're going to miss Grant. They could have used them.
0: Forget about basketball. Okay. Likeability. Okay. I'm not saying these guys aren't likable. You might grow to like them. And by all accounts, Drew Holiday is everything. He's he's a pro, he's a good locker room guy. And I think he's a guy. But just in terms of uh, some sort of emotional attachment to players, you have now lost Marcus Smart. You just lost Rob Williams, who everybody loves. And Grant Williams was kind of like, you know, a love-hate sort of guy. He'd caught a lot of heat, but he was clearly like one of those guys too. They've lost a fair amount of kind of likability and personality here.
2: It's about wins, baby. It is. I, I,
0: I'm, I'm the first one to say it. Like, get those guys out. Well, but just in terms of you how, care. how you, how fans re- react and respond to this team, obviously you react and respond to wins above all else. But, like, there is that whole I want to do it with my guys sort of thing. And, obviously, you prefer to do that versus hired guns. So it does feel like you've just invited strangers in. Like, poor Zingus, Like, what – Tied as he have to Boston. Holiday, you know, like it's a total makeover. Derek White is only a couple of years old. It's not the end of the world, but Rob and Smart and Grant were your guys. You had them. I know I'm not saying this. I'm saying I know a lot of people view it through that lens, that like you want to win with your guys and those guys were your guys, and you just you ship them all away.
2: Well, the, the, the thing, Johnny, I think you're talking about is just those, all those guys that are not here are very personable. And they make it easy to like this team, even when they're not playing great. Uh, And there are going to be stretches where this team doesn't play great. And what we're going to do, we're going to hammer the hell out of them because they don't have a bunch of genuinely likable, personable guys. I think they're likable, but they're not really personable. And that's, that could be a problem if things get a little rocky early on because I don't know how this group will respond to that. I don't know if they can just kind of laugh it off or just not make a big deal about it or, and just you know, have a certain levity to it that just makes you comfortable with them losing three out of four games, two of those losses to, like, Charlotte. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. Because uh, I'm as I'm, I'm kind of going through the Rolodex of the players on this team now, I don't know if there's one guy that that I, I would just sit down and have a conversation with that has nothing to do with basketball and come away thinking that was a great conversation. Yeah. I just I don't know if they have those kind of guys.
0: I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what it's like. It'll be an interesting team to cover this year. I do wonder like how quickly Holiday can take a leadership veteran, like kind of like leader of this team sort of role, because, again, you know, one of the question marks coming in was how much did you lose? Like for, we joke about Grant here, kind of letting the Mavericks have it on day one of training camp. But the reality is he was one of those guys who'd be on the bench, you know, yelling at people, whether, whether players wanted to hear it or not, or whether players wanted to hear it from him. It was at least somebody who had a voice. Marcus Smart had a voice. They really lost it. This whole, like, I, I, I think we're way past the point of asking brown and tatum to be things that they're not capable of being they're not vocal leaders throw chairs grab a guy by the shirt get in their face you know sometimes they have a tough time motivating themselves i don't think they're going to motivate others so i think holiday hopefully steps directly into that role uh as the type of guy who can kind of be that you know that tough you know center for the team it's a tough you know. role though. it's a tough role
2: it's, it's a tough role it's a tough role not just because of what it what it takes to do it effectively but because you're the outsider joining a group that's already built up chemistry and and cohesiveness together now granted they've never won a chip and you have so that ge- that should give you an entryway into that little inner circle sooner than others but uh, I, I just I, I wonder if he's going to be more like Malcolm was, uh, and just kind of try to ease your way into that, as opposed to just kind of just taking this team full throttle and saying, "Look, we got to get a chip, we got to get it now." Uh, I don't know. If he's going to be comfortable doing that, this is where I think some of those assistant coaches, and I'm thinking specifically about Sam, I am, who might just kind of give him a little nudge and, and just let him you know, you know, you—that's what they need from you. I, as an assistant coach, am going to be flapping my gums nonstop. That's what I do. Yeah. But they need you to be that guy because you got when I got a, I got a couple chips, you got a chip. They need you specifically in the trenches to kind of give them that that focus and just kind of keep their eyes on the prize uh, because. As much as they want to talk about winning a championship and and, and say they want to do all that they can to win a championship, you're one of the few guys, you're the only guy, I believe, on the roster who has done that, yeah. who has won a championship, been an integral part of that championship, and you've got the scars and hardware to show that you went through that and you survived. So it is, bringing that to the table, I think, I'm not sure how quickly Drew can bring that to the table, but you're right, John, it should be sooner rather than later,
1: though. Yeah, it is an interesting dynamic because you do still have the camp from the last couple of years here of White, Brown, Tatum, Joe, Horford, and then you have the new stars coming in and Drew, Porzingis, others here. Do they instill something different? I know I asked Brad about how Porzingis is going to impact the locker room, and he was like, yeah, you know, sometimes it's best new spot. Just come fit in. Yeah, figure things out. They should bring a new element to the room. They should. They should rock the boat when things aren't right. Again, the last thing I want to hear Tomorrow is, Ah, we had a good year last year. It was great. We'll build on. There has to be a sense that last year wasn't enough, wasn't good enough. That's why half the team's gone now. And that things need to be much better, much tighter this year. I don't want to hear after losses to the Magic. Yeah, we did some good things. Yeah, uh, You know, we've we tried hard. That was ridiculous last year. And it was a big reason they fell short. And I don't want to get any I, of that. This
0: year. I've been back and forth. I can't stand hearing it. But what I really think they're saying is I just don't want to talk to you guys about it. You know, like that's really what it comes down to.
1: It, but when things but, went wrong, John, it flipped. Oh, we lost our defensive identity. We didn't tighten things up earlier. No, I get it. There's
0: there's finger pointing too. But I don't know that the two necessarily go hand in hand. I just think, uh, you know, media reaction tends to be overblown uh, in terms of how we analyze it. And again, I mean, this is, I've done this my whole life. You know, like we're always watching and listening and trying to find some context in whatever it is they're saying and look for hints and clues. But I've always felt when they answer that, those types of questions about, yeah, we were fine. It's basically being like, we know we played like crap. I don't think you're qualified to tell me why we played like crap. I don't think you understand the game on the same level that I do. And I'm not going to give it up for you. I'm not going to sit up here and dance for your amusement and give you that big money quote so you can scurry back, you know, to your editors and say like, ooh, <laughs> I, I got Jalen to say this. I just think they just don't feel like giving it up in that setting. It doesn't mean it necessarily doesn't bother them. But you're right. As a fan, you want to see like – more fire in the belly or whatever you want to say, you know, at times.
2: I just hope that John, that when we see them in that performative state, because that's kind of what they're doing when they, when they, you know, give us, we just got to move on. Both teams played hard, blah, 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 yada, yada. I'm hoping that when the lights go out and the cameras are turned away and they're in the locker room and it's just them and the coaches and they're among themselves, that there's a level of, of, of pissed offness, when they lose bad games, that that there's, there's there's emotions that we don't see publicly that are going down privately. And sometimes I don't know if that's happening because the way they seem to be kind of, sometimes they cool breezing in the game where it doesn't really matter. And then you talk to them after the game and they sound like it doesn't really matter. It makes you wonder when we're gone, are, is the same thing happening? Because the product we see in front of the cameras and the product we see on the court at times is very just casual uh non-caring and that it was a sense of that
1: last year I don't think it was just for the cameras I think they thought and they've said as such in different situations that we thought we were just going to be back to the finals it was tougher to get up for Detroit on a Monday night or Charlotte or those kind of games and those are the kind of games they lost throughout the regular season that set them back for that one seed and In Atlanta, they went six games when they shouldn't have. And Philly, they almost lost a series that none of us thought they could have lost there. So they underperformed throughout the year. They did. And I think a guy like Drew Holiday
2: is a great addition, not only in terms of what he can do on the court and all that, but also someone who understands the highs and lows that come with championship caliber basketball. He's won a championship and been through some tough games. He's been on the short end a playoff series that did not go anywhere close to how they were supposed to go for Milwaukee, and they wound up going home earlier than, than they should have. Yeah. He can speak to that during the regular season on a level that I think resonates in that locker room a little bit differently than if, let's say, a Marcus Smart or uh, you know someone who is in the trenches with them but hasn't experienced that level of highs and that t- those type of lows before. They'll probably and, respect and, and again, for I mean, that, right? What's that? They'll probably respect that
1: experience he had.
2: Oh, they—they they will love him for that yeah. because that because that's that that's that real truth. Straight no chase of truth that they need in that locker room. Uh, and it's coming from a guy who isn't just talking about it, but he's in the trenches with you. It's a little different hearing that from him than, say, a Blake Griffin, who is going to be a Hall of Famer, has had a great Hall of Fame career, but he's never won it. He hasn't won at the levels that, that Drew Holiday has won. He hasn't experienced the types of highs, ultimate highs, and painful lows that a Drew Holiday has gone through as a player, and, and even some of the things Drew has gone through off the court. Or oh, yeah, um, even smart. Which,
1: there was a sense with Smart sometimes, and we talked about it too, right? He's calling the guys out. He's, you know, holding guys accountable. But it's like, you, you know, you shot that shot at the end of the fourth. that was pretty wild there.
0: <laughs> yeah, right. there was a bit yeah. of a, right, do as I say, not as I do, element to his leadership. And I, I think there's a tune-out factor. I think Marcus was loved and respected, um, but also it was kind of like, uh, we got it like you know i don't need to be told what i'm doing wrong cuz you do a lot wrong too we're all we're you know we 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 all got to figure our stuff out there but he wasn't necessarily guy, the guy there to drive it
3: oh, that, so i've said this
0: all, i've said this all along if if tatum and brown cannot succeed unless they have people who can kick them in the butt and motivate them they will never succeed I'm, it, it, they will not if they don't find it in themselves To to be able to rise up, to rise up to challenges, to try hard in the beginning of a game, to retain focus throughout an entire playoff game and series. I mean, you can you can have one dud, you know, in the playoffs, a wake up call sort of game. Like, yeah, we weren't ready for this. You can't have them every other day. I feel like to say it,
1: they had them in the finals
0: for two years, every other day, including the finals. Yeah, we just didn't come up and get up for this game. How is that possible? how is that How possible? That- you know, it, it, it. So if they can't do that, I don't care who left and who's here. They're they're toast, and this team's never winning anything.
1: It's a great point. Yeah, yeah and on that holiday point, there's an off the court locker room aspect to it. But you said it earlier, John. Will the Jays defer and have him handle the ball? On, on many possessions. Will they split ball time with him? Will Jalen almost entirely give up ball time to a guy who's a much better ball handler than him here? That's another part that they're going to have to adjust to here in terms of having a ball dominant point guard now in Hall A. So they have to give that up. They have to adjust to that. They have to play off the ball and be active off the ball. And this team, again, to make it worth, worth Porzingis on the offensive end, guys got to be cutting. Guys got to be moving. Guys got to be active mm. offensively. And that's another thing they've struggled with, no matter who's been on the team with them. Yeah. I think that's
2: part of coaching.
1: Let me, I, I think.
2: Go ahead, Charlie. Go ahead, John. No, 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 go ahead. No, I was just, just going to say that, that to me, that, that's part of the, the Joe Mazzulla, uh plans for improvement uh, for this upcoming season. He needs to get guys in position to be their most effective. And to your point, Bobby, more movement without the ball is an easy way to get guys better shots, uh, particularly when you've got a, a, a five- man group on the floor that damn near every possession you're gonna have five legitimate scoring threats yeah. uh, and that's something that not many teams can say that you know in a 48 minute game they'll spend probably 45 of those minutes with five legitimate scoring threats that's that's impressive
1: by the way catch and shoot threes last year drew holiday 45 percent. that's awesome
0: Look, he's great. He's he can run the point. He's a good decision maker. He can play off ball. He's a defender. He defends multiple positions. He's literally everything you want in a player and fills an absolute need. I'm going to ask one more hypothetical before we wrap it up and let everybody go off and watch football games. And it's all good there. Um, Let's reverse things. And let's say at the beginning of the summer, Lillard trade goes through Holiday is made available and the Celtics go inquire about holiday and make this deal. Do they still go get Porzingis? Yeah, you think
2: so? Yeah, I think so. I think I, I, I think the, the they
0: realized, or might that, you have signed Grant and tried to figure some things out? If you had it backwards, you know.
2: No, I think Grant was gone regardless. Yeah. Regardless, and, and and I think Grant. I mean, if we're being honest and real about, it, I think Grant wanted to be out, Uh, not because he didn't like it here or anything like that. Grant's a young man who wants to get on the floor and play, and that was not going to happen if he resigned with Boston. That was a fact. He's going to have a limited role, so I think we no matter what the order of operations were. I think the Celtics ultimately wanted to have a, a some type of upgrade on the perimeter, uh, and some type of upgrade in terms of having another stretch big. Because I thought as the season progressed, they really needed to have another stretch big, and so they were able to get that before they could add they could upgrade to, in the back. Row. But I think those were the two primary focuses for them this offseason.
1: I think there was always Gonna be a scenario where both Smart and Brogdon went out the door this summer again. The original Porzingis deal was Brogdon going out, remember? So maybe Smart goes to Portland in this deal. I, I always think both those guys are going out the door. It was it, the fans kept saying, Oh, Brogdon's injury kept Smart from being part of this team. No,
0: I believe but, they were both. I believe there were trades in place for both of them.
1: Yeah, <laughs> there were. It I, came I, together get too quick again. This scenario, yeah, you Brogdon said it, did they didn't just pivot to say let's trade smart at eleven o'clock that and they night. would have had
0: Jones over here as a backup point
1: guard and Maybe, that's how yeah. it would have gone
0: that's how it would have gone down. I think they were both happening.
1: Yeah. So I think those changes had been in works for a long time. In fact I think we read the horse article uh they had been shopping Broughton since June. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. That never so, stopped. I mean
0: if there's a question as to why he never showed up honestly you wonder if behind the scenes Brad was like we're still working to trade you. You can do your own thing. I understand it's a weird place to be in, but I'm not going to trot you out here and have you like smile and blah, 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 and this and that, when this is what's happening, you know? So there might've been some transparency there as well. Um,
1: And this is great on the, or he
0: might've just never received an assurance when he said, so am I here or what? And Brad was like, I don't know, man, you know, like, I don't know.
2: Yeah, and he just may have said, you know, when you know if I'm coming, then I will come. Yeah, but otherwise, I'm just going to keep doing my thing and working on just getting ready for the season, exactly. regardless of wherever I'm at. Right. Yeah,
1: and that makes uh, sense. and there's a scenario where you would have had to move him going into the second year of his deal next summer in a much tougher position. And I said all yeah. along, they should not have just dumped him. Uh, for salary relief or uh, Tim Hardaway or some of these other deals being kicked around, even Norman Powell, like deals like that. I didn't like because Broadden was good for this team a year ago. I -hmm. think he was useful in his role, Uh, but fortunately for them, they had an opportunity like this come up here with holiday. And uh, one thing I wrote about as torn as I was about this deal, as I considered it, you minimize a lot of uncertainty, with Brogdon being gone because you didn't really know where he was at health wise or just mentality wise. So now you're not worried about that. You were always worried about Rob. Is he going to make it through the year? Is he going to take steps offensively? Is he going to fit next to Porzingis? Now you're not worried about that. That's not part of the dynamic here. You really don't have many worries, at least for this year with Drew. The only worry is going forward into the future, who else do you lose because of the fact that he's here at 30, 40 million a year, maybe closer to 50. Uh, Porzingis is signed for the next two years at 30 now. Brown's about to start a $50 million deal, and then Tatum will start at 50 the year after that. So right. someone's going to shake loose here. Maybe it's Derek White. I know he's got a two year deal here. You could do something with him next summer. Pritchard. We'll see what happens there, but man, Wick <laughs> Wick wants that championship. He is paying up in ways we never imagine. Uh,
2: yeah, I, but, but I think he's always been willing to pay if you get the best players, yeah. get the guys that make sense. I I I don't recall there being a player that you could say that they would add that would significantly upgrade them. That he was like, nah, we're good. We're, we're yeah. good at being like you know second round playoff team. Yeah, if if you're if this guy can get you a championship and it costs me a little bit of money, looks like. Right. I, I think Wick has fee-
0: officially reached the point of like most parents who like you just like with kids you're just like I I don't even want to know what it costs you just sign the check and you move on just like go. yep camp whatever you just do, <laughs> like I it's I like love that
1: analogy John
0: because when you add it up you're like I just paid what for what but you just do it it's just what shit costs you know <laughs> oh club soccer. Here you go. You know, sleep away camp. Here you go. And it's just, Is that the go dad on.
1: luxury tax? It's
0: just, you, if, yes. if you do the math on it, you'll be like, I spent what on what you just can't. You're like, that's, <laughs> this is, this is the business I've chosen to be a father, to be a, a pro. This is what it takes. This is what it takes. And so that's where you're at here. I don't even think Will's looking at, I don't even think Wick's looking at the bill anymore. He's just like, just, <laughs> just do it, Brad let do it, Brad. <laughs> and just don't even tell me what it costs, all right? I don't all I know, know is
1: if, if Holiday's there tomorrow, Wick's going to be there tomorrow too at the podium.
0: <laughs> Look what we did. I love it.
1: No, it's cool. Let's just yeah. cap off the show with this stuff. The Celtics are prohibitive championship favorites now, in my mind. Do you guys agree? Yeah, I felt that way even before this deal. I felt that they were a slightly better
2: team than – Um, the bucks. But now, yeah, to me, I I, I think the bandwagon is is at mass capacity right now, as far as the Celtics being the favorites uh, after this deal.
0: Well, let me, let me, let me see if I can back that up with some actual facts here. Uh, What does FanDuel have to say about it? They have this at this moment in time, co-favorites. They didn't have enough time to really think about it. They just had to do something before the Celtics bets started flooding in. So they made them co Because <laughs> you know they're coming. But you know that that number is going to move, right? Whoever right? got in on that
1: low 500.
0: Yeah, exactly. Week, week if you got here, in with... before this, great. I'd still get in on it now because I think that number is going to move again and the Celtics will be favorite, Man, favorites. Man, no
1: Denver, huh? People still sleeping on Denver a little bit. They're great. They're great. They're
0: great but it's to have co-favorites out of the east that this means like I really don't know what to do but I got to I got to correct yeah. something yeah mm-hmm. here so that's what they did there um so yeah I would say the big question the big question bench depth is an obvious question you had it before you have it again now uh the big question is joe um and it's going to continue to be joe we are not going to answer it in this show but that's the one where you guys were saying like who's he going to be this year is he going to mature a little bit is he going to be less defensive about his choices is he going to have uh, is he going to know how to put these guys in the best position to win is he going to, is the team going to buy into whatever his philosophy is or do you now have too many veterans and too many strong look at what you've got here these guys are pros okay you're not coaching d2 college here you're Coaching veterans who have different varying degrees of success here. But this is like, these are some big boys. They got to They got to really believe that what you're saying is the right thing. We can't have a, well, Joe wants to shoot threes, but we think we should be playing defense and driving the ball sort of situation here. That's not going to be great. So I am curious, like, does this change his thinking about what kind of team he wants us to be their philosophy, his leadership. Uh, He's a big, big, big question mark here. A, A big question mark.
2: Because we know his teams – well, he likes to coach his team to shoot a lot of threes, and shooting a lot of threes doesn't necessarily align itself nice and neatly with elite defense. But you you got to believe that Joe – and maybe this is where his assistant coaches come in – has to – oh, Charles Lee, Milwaukee, now you get Drew? Hmm, not bad. you got to believe – that Joe is going to recognize and lean into and and try to amplify the fact that he probably, he has probably the best defensive backcourt in the NBA. When you look at drew and you look at Derek white, you have to figure out a way to amplify that particular point, because when you do something and have something that no one else has, or they don't have it as good as you do, you absolutely have to maximize that consistently. And I don't know if three point shooting Joe is going to maximize the fact that you've got elite defenders who can get you easy buckets in transition and can lock kids up. And maybe the score isn't quite as 137 to 115 that you'd like. Maybe them doing their jobs well keeps the score at like 114 to 101. Figuring out how to get the best out of his players who have elite skills, that's going to be the challenge
0: Don't have a system play to the strengths of your players, okay? Is Joe going to be able to look at the roster he has now and figure out the best style of play for these sorts of guys, the best lineup combos? I mean, he was still – he couldn't figure out that Derek White was his best guard until game 78 last year. You know, like, it took forever. You're looking in here, Brian, he didn't know what to do with Brogdon either. You'd see games. just playing 14 minutes. like, he for, he just forgot about him, you know? Like yeah,
1: there was a lot of inter interpersonal dynamics there too, though, especially after the Udoka situation. I think he goes into this year in a much better place to succeed. Much. And yeah, let's not forget, I've been as critical of Joe as anybody, but they started 21 and five, doing some legitimately innovative things offensively, where we said, yeah, did he making solve? Did, did he just kind of solve? No, well, no, there was a lot of movement and action and. <laughs> flow to but, the but, offense but Bobby, too early on right but Bobby you you know what ha- I
2: mean listen when you start the season off and you're winning and that's great you know what's going to happen teams are going to adjust they're going to figure out some things and they're going to force you yeah, there's a, no doubt right and to me that's part that that was part of Joe's learning curve last year was just figuring out how to counter or how to adjust to the counters that teams were making against him and some of the things he wanted to do and it took him a little bit of time to figure that out I'm hoping that that experience, will better prepare him to be able to counter-attack counter what others are doing to him when they take away some of the things he wants to do initially.
1: Yep. Yeah, and he has the assistance now. He needs one of these guys to step up as his defensive guy. There's no doubt. I don't know if that'll be Lee or Casella or whatever it'll be, but someone's got to really drill the defense for this group. I don't think especially I went back and read that athletic article again, that sometimes they came out of the article uh, or the huddle and really didn't know what they were doing defensively. There's gotta be someone there drilling that going over film with guys, making sure everything's tight and emphasized on that end, because they really did play loose on that side of the ball last year. Uh, the motivation, all the stuff we talked about, uh, which, you know, John saying a few minutes ago, that's gotta be handled in the room. That's going to fall on the players at a certain point. i it can't really be Missoula motivating them on the importance of the year at this point. And there's really no one at this point that can save them in that sense. So that falls on the players. They need a defensive guy to emerge. And when it comes to the offense, as you said, Sherrod, there's gotta be some flexibility here. They need to use Porzingis in the post. Maybe to your point, getting Horford in different spots. The mid range. He was very flexible with ground from the mid range. Can other guys utilize that spot on the floor if they're struggling from three? Uh, And Tatum, too. I really didn't love the way they used Tatum bombing away at the top of the arc from three last year, eight times a game. Uh, There's many different spots on the floor you can utilize him out of, with and without the ball. So it's a, it's, there's, responsibility on both sides right the players have to figure this out to some degree Joe I think will be better and fortunately he has a staff that's in his corner and better equipped to handle things this year because for all the excuses last year and I know we hate excuses they were kind of valid the whole staff shot out the door the day after the season ended
0: it wasn't great it wasn't great and you handed you handed Joe not only with zero experience a guy coming from you know back you know you know, second row Joe, you know, and all the jokes and this and that. But I mean, he, he cut, he really cut the line to get to where he was in that position. So whatever assistance remained, we're looking at him like this guy, you know, like Stoudemire, you know, whatever. It's like, I, I, okay. So yeah, it was a weird situation. And even when you compare it to someone like Brad, who came in with a, terrific college coaching pedigree. He got to grow with some younger players who were there and who, you know, it was easier to get them to buy that in. said,
1: I had it much easier than much Joe Much
0: easier. Did. Joe walks into a ready-made locker room that has championship aspirations and that now double down on that one year later, all, all knowing that he had kind of an up-and-down year last year. So it's definitely some pressure on Joe. I'm curious how he carries himself, too. We talked about lack of importance with how things are in the media, but perception matters a little bit. You can't be this nervous basket kid Every time someone questions like, you know, how many threes you took or why that you hurt took him so many, too,
1: didn't it? I, that I make, think that that built what people saw him as it
0: changes the perception. And, you know, then the conversation is different. It really only matters what the players think. But I don't think he helped himself with some of that stuff last year. So just being all together a little bit more like Zen, you know, I think will help Joe <laughs> this year, you know, and how, how this is. Who is he going yeah, think- to tell he loves this year? Well, he loves Jalen. He's gonna to have to learn to love all over again. There's a lot of new faces.
2: He's gonna to have to learn to love Drew. <laughs> He's gonna to have to learn, learn to love these guys. Love the new guy. Love the new guy. So clearly, you don't love the guys that have been there. Love the new guy.
0: What did you I say to Drew? You. What did you say to Drew when he walked through the door? I I told him I loved him. How is that possible, <laughs> Joe? You just met him.
2: Well,
1: I love at first sight. That's how it is. Love at first him. sight.
0: I told him I loved him.
1: We said this too. <laughs> I love. And we'll see Brogdon might end up in Miami and maybe he'll be in position for revenge or whatever, but I love that they have drew when their chief rival in the East is his old team that just traded him that he played with for years. He knows Giannis. He knows everything they do there. That's awesome. That's a great thing to have here. And you kept drew away from Miami. If the heat got drew today, what would we be saying? Oh, geez, that's not great. He becomes a legitimate threat. Philly gets him with all the hard and nonsense going on right now, you're like, Oh, they ended up pretty good out of that situation. And now you have them. And those teams are saying, uh Oh, the Celtics have drew now. this is, this is, this is a good trade here. I know I was torn now that I see it now that I can feel it. I really like you, what you they see did the light there. Bobby. I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad. Stay off that fence, Bobby. You spend too much time on the fence. <laughs> yeah, It's
2: hard for me as so, you can
0: see. I'm and I was worried all, they were going to um, send
2: out Al. I was, uh, I'm wearing
0: all black right now. Um, I'm, I am in mourning and will remain so over Rob that's going to hurt. You know, like I know, like the, the, the thing some fans might do is like, you almost kind of, sort of want to see the other people you traded fail to feel better about the trade. I don't want to see Rob fail. I want to see Rob thrive. Even if Rob is going
1: to a great situation. He really is. Well,
0: he's, but if he's behind Aiton and honestly, he's better than Aiton, um, so you know they'll
2: find that out real quick
0: so we'll see you know we'll see if they're gonna have the same problem you know brad had three years ago freaking playing them behind tristan you know uh like no man You're that's so your low guy
1: on you really are i, I, I like Aiden. he was a center yeah. on a championship level team
0: yeah i don't know we'll see but i i i i'm gonna i i'm gonna miss a lot uh of that, that. it's it, it really is like i'm I'm struggling a little bit with the role. I'll tell you Scoot, really Scoot
1: Henderson, Scoot Henderson is not gonna miss him on the roll like the Celtics did for all those years. Yeah. Hopefully, he's gonna he, be went finding to, him.
0: hopefully he went to lob heaven because you know he wasn't you didn't have it here, you know.
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: So Scoot Scoot's gonna I I, I would not be shocked if Scoot is in the top five for assists per game as a rookie. Because he's gonna he's gonna have opportunities every night if guys can stay relatively healthy to rack up big assist numbers.
1: Yeah. Oh, the Blazers did so great with that Lillard situation. They really did. Everyone's giving them crap. A lot, even the past couple of days, it's like, oh, they did Lillard wrong. And did, did, was this really better than the Heat package? Well, now you have two more great firsts. Draymond got hurt yesterday. So now that Warriors pick is already like, ooh, like something, mm-hmm. you know. You're looking better. So I kind of
0: like that Warriors pick. I, I wish they could have found a way to hang on to that because they're like a disaster away from, like, you know, but who You can knows? tell. Yeah.
1: It's, it it's, is it's interesting coming. that Portland was like, yeah, give us that.
0: That was obvious. I mean, yeah. you just you just gave them a you just gave them a player that makes them like no worse than like, you know, the the second best team in 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 the East and a conference finalist, you know, on a disappointing year. So you know that that pick is 29. You know, you it, it's going to be hard for Golden State to get there. So it's obvious that that's what they held out for. Uh I wish they could have, you know, Celtics could have rolled the dice and keeping well, it's it. It's great but...
1: that they had it, right? Because then you're saying, Oh, the Celtics are giving up there. Would they give up in this 29? Maybe yeah, giving 29. up 27 2 or 20 30 swap. You would have been giving up a lot more of your own future in this deal if you didn't have that. So again, the way the it smart helps. yeah, the way the smart and holiday trades connected together in the end was just perfect. They had a man, Brad, <laughs> we were sitting here two years ago saying, Brad's the GM. How's that gonna work? Is he gonna be gone in a year? But he's just been perfect in this role. It's an unbelievable. Yeah. Yep.
3: Mm.
1: Um, so yeah, I mean, there's
0: a lot there, uh, but I think we'd, we'd already started to decide how we were going to feel about this when we thought it was a possibility a couple of days ago. Now it's real. And as we're processing it, I think, like I said, some, some people were gung ho, but you know, the rest of us were like, if it happens, I, we can, we can roll with it. We get, we we'll, we get it. You know, we get why it is. And this is the cost of doing business, but it costs you some depth. It costs you a beloved player, costs you a player with a really high ceiling uh, in Rob. And I think that's the thing that's going to hurt the most. I think the picks and Brogdon people are absolutely fine to part with. You wish there was a different way to get this done, but there wasn't. I think we knew that a couple days ago Uh, and that's where we are. So the deal gets done. Media day is going to be incredibly interesting tomorrow. Um, As we said, we will all be down there hanging out um and uh and uh and you know kind of doing our thing so uh make sure that you thank god it's in brighton (laughs) thank god canton's such a nightmare are you Um, going sharon
2: will we see you there i will be there at some point all right
0: yep um so we will check that out um thank you guys for hanging with us on the garden report here today um you know this was obviously surprised everybody this morning and we were able to kind of snap it together and bring you this show there's still a lot of you out there in the chat so again uh thank you guys for hanging out follow us at clns media bobby will kind of write it up uh for us over there on the site we'll have more stuff coming out on our youtube channels as always subscribe spread the word tell everybody uh this is the place to be uh and as always if you can support our sponsors that of course is FanDuel. uh odds are uh, athletic greens or AG one, I should say, and factor meals, uh, go check those out. Um, if you, if you're interested in any of those products, it really helps us out when we do get sponsor support. Thanks for hanging out guys. We'll see you tomorrow. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, after the press conferences, we'll do another garden report and kind of wrap up the reaction later on tomorrow night. So we'll have that as well.